Thank you to Sideways 8 for sponsoring this podcast. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. You know, many of us think that breast cancer only affects women over 40, but unfortunately that's not the case. Breast cancer is rare among young women, but it does happen. And when young women are diagnosed with breast cancer, it can be shocking. At a time in life when most young women are focused on family and career, all of a sudden issues of treatment, recovery, and survivorship suddenly take top priority. Having survived a life-altering diagnosis of breast cancer at the age of 16 years old, our next guest, Nakia Hammonds-Blakely, recently discovered precancerous cells during a recent mammogram and biopsy. Nakia decided to prevent that likely reoccurrence of breast cancer by undergoing a bilateral mastectomy. Through all the challenges, Nakia has flourished and is now an author, singer, songwriter, and motivational speaker, and serves as a spokesperson for Susan G. Komen's Know Your Girls campaign. Nakia, you sound amazing, and welcome (laughs) to the show. Thank you, Adam. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to chat with you. You've got this really exciting, very personable sort of energy about you, and I can't wait for our listeners to get to know you. So this is really an honor. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me. So just tell me a little bit about your story. You know, the diagnosis, your life since then, the reoccurrence, and how you're making the best of everything, right? Yeah. Well, the short version of a long story is I was 16 years old, getting ready for school one morning, just like any other day. And while I was in the shower, I felt a lump. And I had no history of breast cancer. Uh, Breast cancer was not a part of my vocabulary. But one day uh, I did mention it to my mom after realizing the lump wasn't going away. And we went to the doctor. The doctor also felt it. And she assured me, Nakia, I'm sure it's nothing. You're just 16. You're just developing. But uh, she insisted that we go ahead and have the biopsy. And not only was it breast cancer, but it was a very rare and aggressive form of breast cancer at age 16. So to say that diagnosis changed my life, you know, it is literally an understatement. My life was forever changed from that day. Wow. And so you, I mean, obviously that's, that's really got to kind of hit you like a ton of bricks from left field. That's mixing metaphors. I apologize. But I mean, how do you, how do you deal with that? And then what, and what happened next? I was floored. The doctors wanted to act aggressively. They said because the cancer was so aggressive and I was so young, they wanted to remove both breasts immediately. But that was too much for my mind to comprehend at 16. Right. Um, so I did agree to a partial mastectomy, a summer of treatments. And they said after those treatments, if it looked like they got all the cancer, we could wait uh, on doing anything more aggressively. And thank God I did undergo a partial removal of the left breast, uh, a summer of treatments. And by the end of that summer, uh, there was no evidence of breast cancer. Wow. That's, that's gotta be about the roughest summer that I think, I mean, that's high school, right? Yeah. I was a sophomore in high school and, you know, I think of it in terms of all my other friends were, uh, on their summer breaks and going on vacations and preparing for prom the next year. And every day, you know, I was headed to the hospital. And even with that partial mastectomy, 
it left me not only physically uh, disfigured, but because I didn't know about treatment options and reconstructive surgeries, uh, I was emotionally very um, impacted after that. I used to ball up gym socks and stuff my bra just to try to... um, you know, keep up the appearance of normality, but it was uh, emotionally life-changing as well. I can't even imagine as a teenager having to, to, I mean, it's hard enough to navigate being a teenager, right? But to navigate it in the context of dealing with breast cancer is just astronomical. Any teenager at 16 is going through some type of self-esteem issues, identity, you know, you're just trying to figure out who you are. Right. And, And the thing is at 16, I couldn't, call up a friend and say, Hey girl, how'd you get through your cancer? You know? Um, and at that time, like I said, no family history. I really felt like a a monster. There weren't support groups for 16 year olds with breast cancer at that time. And so it was tough, Adam, to say it was a tough journey. Um, I just can't overemphasize that enough. Well, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, knowing the journey that you've been through and then, and then seeing the impact that you're making now as, as an author, as a speaker, as just, I mean, honestly, just an encouraging individual, just talking to you is encouraging, right? So I would imagine that, that at least that aspect of the journey turned, turned a good thing in you, right? That's exactly right. So it made me know that not only was life short and precious, but that I wanted to live and maximize the rest of my life. And so, um, you know, you can ask my mom, my dad, uh, up to that point, I was mediocre in school, just a C student, didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. But that diagnosis gave me a fuel. It, it lit a fire under me, literally. I began making straight A's and ended up graduating with honors. From that point, um, even became the first person on either side of my family to go to college and graduate and um, go on to graduate school and, and so many other things. And I have tried to use my life ever since that time to just educate young people about their risk of breast cancer and really try to turn uh, a negative into a positive. That's right. You know, one other thing that I do want to make sure we talk through while we're chatting here is that, you know, there is a difference in incidence rates in breast cancer among ethnicities, right? Oh, yes. So young women need to be aware that there is a, at least a possibility and it needs to be on their radar. But I think certainly uh, women of different ethnicities need to also be aware. Is that right? That's so true. So for example, white women are more likely to be diagnosed with breast cancer. They have a higher incidence rate, right? But African-American women, for example, have a higher mortality rate, meaning that when we are diagnosed, we're more likely to die from breast cancer. And there are many factors, many things that we think may contribute to that outcome, including the fact that we are going to the doctor later uh, at a later stage. And so the cancer is more aggressive and your options might be a little less. Um, sometimes it's cultural beliefs, religious beliefs, you know, we are very, um, uh, spiritual and Christian and say, well, Jesus will fix it. I'll pray about it and let him work it out. You know, rather than coupling our faith sometimes with going to the doctor at the first sign of abnormality. So there is definitely a higher death rate, unfortunately, uh, to breast cancer among African-American women and many other minority groups. Hmm, That's right. That's right. And, And it, I would imagine it also presents a lot of sort of unique issues that you sort of have to face. And I think you're probably more unique than most having had gone through this at age 16, 
also yeah. sort of re- redealing with it a, a little bit now. Can you talk a little bit about some of those unique issues and sort of what that's like? Well, first, I want to say that for young women, and this is something any woman at any stage of breast cancer needs to be aware of, that the younger you are when you're diagnosed, the more aggressive the cancer tends to be and the more likely you are for reoccurrence. So um, it's not a one and done situation where you say, oh, you know, like the measles. Oh, I got my measles when I was 15. I never have to worry about it again. Um, You forever need to be proactive and aware of your body. And in my case, 18 years later, I was diagnosed again in the opposite breast with very early onset breast cancer. And, you know, a a lot of times we hear that once you're at that five year mark, you know, you can kind of. But and that's not to be fearful. It's to be educated and aware that. Even 18 years later, we have to be very on guard and proactive with uh, checking up on on our bodies. So that's one thing is that young people have a higher reoccurrence rate or higher incidence rate to get it a second or third time. Another unique issue for young women could be fertility. So that's the age, um, pre-40s and uh, just your early uh, adult years where you're thinking of having children and all of that. And many times when we have to get certain types of treatments, there could be uh, factors that affect our fertility. And so there are different kinds of conversations that need to be happening with our doctors along with treating the breast cancer, but um, looking at preserving fertility and things like that. So young, the younger you are, the more conversations need to be happening with your doctor. Well, and I love something you said in in there. You said, we don't need to be fearful. We need to be proactive. And I think, I think, you know, as someone that has, has gone through this twice now, you can speak to that much more than, than someone like I, I ever could. And, and yet yeah. I love your attitude. I love how you think about this is like, look, I'm, I'm going to do the most I can. I'm going to do the most good I can make the most impact I can. I'm not going to be fearful. I'm going to be proactive yeah. in how I live my life and how I care for my body and in how you, you share your message with the world. Right. Adam, that is exactly right. So for example, at 16, I felt completely, I felt like life was out of control. Breast cancer was something I'd never heard of. I didn't know what my options were. I I felt like life was happening to me versus me having any form of control. But by the age of 34, when I was diagnosed again, oh honey, I had done my research. I knew what numbers to call. I knew who who to talk to. I was in the driver's seat. And not only that, but um, what happened is I had my annual mammograms and this particular mammogram just had a little suspicious activity. My, My doctor actually said, Nakia, don't worry about it. Let's just keep an eye on it. Come back next year. And, you know, don't be, uh, his literal words to me were, was don't be a hypochondriac. Let's just keep an eye on it. Let's check next year. But I was the one because I knew how this disease can be aggressive, how it can be non-discriminate. I was the one that was able to champion for myself and say, no, if there's even a suspicion of activity, of abnormality, let's test it. Uh, Hypochondriac or no, I want to be alive next year 
to be able to prove you wrong. And because I insisted, the doctor went that extra step, had the testing, and sure enough, uh, it was very early onset breast cancer. And I was able to catch it at its earliest stage. And with me um, finding it so early, I was in the total driver's seat. I decided my course of action, my my options of care were limitless. And it's not just for me, any woman. The earlier the stage that you're able to catch it, the more options you have in terms of treatment and how to go about it. That's right. And you're actually the second guest that I've had that said, you know, I, I went to the doctor. The doctor said, this is nothing to worry about. Let's just keep an eye on it. And she actually, she had actually gone home and, and, you know, thought about it, thought about it. And just, it ate away at her until the point where she had to go back and have it tested. She had it tested. Sure enough, it's breast cancer. She caught it early because she was unwilling to, to just wait and see. And I think, you know, there's a degree that, that if you, if you know your body and you can't get it off your mind, I think there's some wisdom in that. That's exactly right. That is the message that we tell every woman is know your own girls, know your own body, know your own normal. And at the first sign of abnormality, don't let somebody talk you out of what you already know. You say, no, I feel a change. Let's test it. Let's look at it. And you be your own greatest champion. That's right. I love that. And you mentioned that you were in the driver's seat. You knew what to look for. You'd done the research. You knew the numbers to call. Walk me through just a little bit of that research. So so where does somebody start? You know, Put yourself back in your 16-year-old shoes. You're completely overwhelmed. You don't know where to go, what to do. What would you tell your 16-year-old self now? Where do you start? Who do you call? What do you do? So, and I am not just leading you to this website and phone number because I am some paid spokesperson who is trying to promote a uh, cause. But when I tell you that Susan G. Komen has been an invaluable lifeline for not only me, but for many women. And the website is simply Komen.org, K-O-M-E-N.org. It will literally walk the everyday woman through how to find help in their particular area, whether they are insured, uninsured, whatever the problem is, and whatever the stage, there are resources that will point you in the right direction. And thankfully, right after college, I was exposed to Susan G. Coleman, and um, started working with them to help educate not only young women, but African-American women. And I have now, over the past decade, um, got to work for the organization. And and the, the truth is, they are the world's largest grassroots organization, breast cancer organization, when it comes to getting into the communities and getting the resources and education to the people who need them most. So Coleman dot org literally anything you need to know regarding breast cancer you can find it i think the danger there too is uh just just don't google's not your friend for that right no oh no don't go down the the google hole uh go to somewhere trusted you know go to a trusted source with with vetted material where you can learn and grow and understand from from medical professionals right exactly if you're having some toe pain you don't go to a dentist (laughs) you know you have to go to the specific leading sources and voices in that area of study. And so um, that's why I so strongly advocate going there as a first step. That's right. And I think, I think that's totally uh, spot on. Nikia, this was really fantastic. I just want to ask as, as we wrap up here, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with either women that are, that are starting this journey or with the loved ones of some of those women? Yes. Uh, a couple key things. 
and that is breast cancer is completely indiscriminate. It does not care how old you are. It does not even care about your gender, let alone your ethnicity. Men are diagnosed with breast cancer as well. Certainly not as high of a rate. I think the number is about 500 men every year are diagnosed with breast cancer. So literally, it needs to be a conversation that is had amongst families. And I can't advocate enough for the fact that even our young people, they're just never too young for it to be a part of their conversation. It shouldn't be the the C word that no one talks about because these children today know a whole lot more than we do. They have access to technology and information. And if they know about it, they're the ones that can encourage their moms and their aunts and their grandmas to get tested. So let's educate our young people. And as um, survivors, because you know they're, they're, the number is one in every eight women will be diagnosed. So even if it doesn't affect you, chances are someone in your life, in your church, in your community, on your job will be diagnosed. And so it's important for you to just learn as much as you can, because the likelihood is you're going to have to be the support system for a survivor at some point or not. Um, so please, let's all of us get educated about breast cancer. And it's, and it's not through the eyes of fear, it's through the eyes of empowerment, because the more we know, the more we can do. That's right. And, and if I can take a note from your, your playbook, it's when it happens and, and when it happens to someone like you, become empowered, you know, don't be fearful. Like you said, be proactive and use your time, use your resources, use your energy to be a force for good in the world. Because Nikia, I mean, you're an inspiration. You are doing amazing things. I would encourage our listeners to, to check you out. Where, where can they connect with you? Are you on, yeah. are you on Twitter and social media? Uh, everything. Yeah. My name is Nakia Hammonds Blakely, NakiaHammondsBlakely.com. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and all those good things. So please, I'd love for you to connect with me in any way that I can point someone in the right direction of resources. I'm here. I would love to. Well, Nakia, thanks so much for being on the show. I'd love to have you back again sometime soon. Please. Your, your energy is amazing. You're an amazing person. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for listening to The Real Pink Podcast. Tune in each Monday for new episodes. For more, visit realpink.coman.org or check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog at adamjwalker.com. Thank you to Sideways 8 for sponsoring this podcast. We all want to break through the noise on the internet and stand out. Sideways 8 is a digital agency on a mission to improve communication through marketing. Whether they're working with tech companies or national nonprofits, Sideways 8 helps you showcase your value while making it easy for people to find you. Sideways 8 services include website design and development, website care plans, digital marketing strategy, branding and messaging, SEO, pay-per-click advertising, and more. To learn more about highlighting the work your organization is doing, head to sideways8.com slash Komen. That's S-I-D-E-W-A-Y-S, the number 8, dot com slash Komen.